The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. gonna make you sweat gonna make you groove it's that groove that makes your booty move it's the mental hammer of doom and i am your host the mandator reporter and frankly i'm mortified mr mark rattledge and joining me tonight moving up to the second chair we've ditched all the guests we've we've even ditched the co-host it's just the disapproving dad and i ladies and gentlemen the host of source material in his own right jesse starcher how do you do sir I am doing fantabulous tonight here, man. Third podcast in a row this week. It's yep. uh, it, we're cranking them out. Do you have? Now I know I'm jumping to the schedule already. Are you? Are you scheduled for a fourth one tomorrow? Oh, or fuck are you taking no. it off? No. <laughs> <laughs> I stayed up too late on Sunday. I don't understand how you can make it four podcasts in a row. If that's the case. No, I'm I'm trying to not work four days in a row. I there's some days I can't get out of it, but. No, I, I'm I'm longing for a night where I don't podcast. I almost didn't make it into the office tonight. <laughs> wow, the metal ha- the metal hammer of doom must go on, as the as this phrase goes. Of course, uh, in case I didn't say before, I am your mandated reporter. Frankly, I'm mortified, Mister Mark Radledge. Uh We are reviewing the Shadow Theory by Tampa's own Camelot. I have to use the Pramelot. Just you don't know what that is. Because he won't watch the video I, I sent him. I, you send me, I ask for references, you send me references, I say, fuck your references. <laughs> that's, a, that's right, I don't know why I bother. It's like, it's like, dealing, like dealing with my wife, speaking of wives. Um, so, I signed my kid up for soccer, Jesse Starcher. I, it's just, I need to, let me step up to your bar, okay, if you could serve me a cold one and talk to me about my troubles. Absolutely. I, I signed my son up for soccer. And, uh, we, you know, we've done two or three seasons of basketball now. And 
I wanted to give that a break because he's still, you know, he, he's still having some trouble with a lot of the hand-eye coordinated, you know, dribbling type stuff. So I was like, let's let's give let's give basketball a break. Let's see how he does with soccer because I mean, how hard could this be? It's running, kick a ball, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the first practice, I I think I talked to you about this offline. Like it wasn't tremendously organized. And it started late, and so. You know, with my when when it comes to activities like this with my son, if you don't catch him right in the beginning, he's real skittish. He's gonna run, he's gonna run off. He's gonna hit a tree with a bat. You know, he's not having it. So, I mean, the first practice went okay. I figure, you know, once he starts playing and you know, and things are moving a little bit faster, maybe he'll take to it a little bit more. But my uh, my best friend out in New York, he's got two kids himself. He sent my son for his birthday a soccer net at my request. So I'm like, okay, so maybe like if we make it more of a father and son thing, if I get out there with him a little bit more and get my fat ass moving, you know, maybe he'll start to appreciate the game a little bit more and want to play a little bit more. That's my theory. So we set the soccer net up today and he started off doing okay. And then somewhere in between his sister wanting to come out and, you know, about 10, 15 minutes into it, he was like, I'm tired. I don't want to play anymore. He was more than happy to watch me and his sister play with his soccer ball and his soccer net. Um, but <laughs> he was just like, I'm just going to be the person who watches because he doesn't know the word spectator. But that's what he, he, he was just like, yeah. And I was like, why don't you want to play? Like, this is, I'm doing this for you. Like, I don't need to be on a soccer team. <laughs> okay. My 40 year old fucking recovering from cancer self. I don't need to be out here running around in the pollen. Um, kicking a ball around, you know, I'm here for you. And he was like, nope, I'm tired. I'm going to, I'm going to sit in the plastic house that you bought for you, you know, for Lily. (laughs) Was he playing at least? Was he doing something to entertain himself or was he legit just sitting there watching you guys? He was cheering me on against his sister. Okay. The wife fucking checked hard, but by the way, like, oh, nice. We we both went for the ball and I just like, and I fucking ass checked her. (laughs) I showed, her I showed her who's boss. Um, anyway, <laughs> what do I what do I got to do, Jesse? What do I got to do to get this kid so that he doesn't become one of these lumps that just sits in front of the TV twenty four hours a day? Man, now now I'm starting to get my mental gears going, and I'm I'm coming up with theories and shit. Uh, no more than two or three days ago, you sent me a picture of your son who was watching someone play a game right sound familiar it sounds does. like exactly what just happened to you <laughs> maybe that generation is just going to be perfectly content with watching everything unfold and before their eyes instead of doing it themselves i just that's you know, not a good that's not a good thing my you know my wife was just like oh well you know your parents kicked you out of the house. No, my parents didn't kick me out of the house. First of all, my dad wasn't home. And when I was really young, my dad was in the army. He worked full time and he was in, um, he was in, he was in college. Like, I don't know. Like, Mm -hmm. like he had a degree, but he was like, he had gone back to school for something. So, yeah. So he's in school, he's in the army and he works. So like, I never saw my dad, you know, when I was really, really young. And so I was home with a mother who is bipolar. So she's angry all the time. I'm trying to not get beat <laughs> on an yeah. ongoing basis yeah. when she's in a mood. So I was not comfortable being home. So yeah, I was out all the time. Like like I got up like if I wasn't in school, 
I got up and like I was like out trying to find my friends and there were actually more time more often than not where my mom was like you can't go out for whatever the reasons are yeah you know and then if and if that was the case since I was an only child and we had you know and it was like a three bedroom house four bedroom house um, that I grew up in at least for the first part of it I had my bedroom which had my bed in it my TV my desk and then I had a playroom that just had all my toys Mm-hmm. And I would be in my playroom, like, for hours. You know, as I've talked about this before on some of the movie podcasts, like, I would basically be writing a movie with my with my toys. Yeah. And then I would act yeah. out that movie. Um, so I was always really good at entertaining myself. But, yeah, like, I just... I wasn't, like, the way that I, I, I see my kids now. And, you know, too, like... Like, I get, like with my daughter, you know, she swims and she does theater and she does Girl Scouts. And I don't really get on her case too much if she just wants to watch TV because, you know, I mean, who like I like I get that sometimes you just want to veg out and mm-hmm. because you yeah. know, you've been overstimulated, you're tired, you, you need to rest. I get that. So I don't give her shit about it. But he's like just going to be four and, <laughs> and he's involved in one activity. <laughs> I think one of the hardest things that I had to do as a father was come to the realization that my kids are not going to be what I want them to be. Right. And, you know, it's it's tough because, yeah, I want my kid to be active. I want my kid to be out. I want him to instead of sitting there playing Fortnite, you know, round after round after round, I want him to go, oh, hey, there's a whole outside world I could be exploring right now. And some kids just aren't like that no matter how you try to force them to go do something one of two things is going to happen they're either going to be miserable and you're going to feel bad or they're going to make it miserable and you're going to feel bad so yeah. it's it's you have to come to like grips that okay well maybe where do i draw the line now there's points where i sit there and i look at my son and i'm like okay caleb Let's go. Why don't you come with me? We're going to go do this and go do that. And I, I mean, as a kid his age, I would have been like, yeah, let's go, Mom. Let's go, Dad. Right. He's like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to stay here. I'm just going to stay here. I'm like, okay. But, but there's some days where I'm just like, oh, well, too bad. You're coming with me. Right. It's just it's, – it's tough to do. You mentioned about how you used to go into your room, sit down, play with all your toys, and, and you had a whole – big imagination and all these things to put your imagination towards I see that with Colton all day long that kid Mm -hmm. can sit there in the same room I am and go to town playing figures Legos building this and running a story he gets pissed off it's so funny we'll listen to him and we'll say hey you know he'll say something and make like a noise and we'll kind of like what's going on over there he's like don't watch me (laughs) okay man (laughs) sorry (laughs) it's not not ready it's not ready (laughs) It's his world. You're not allowed to see it. But he he will do all he'll do that all the time. Caleb growing up, man, it was rare that you saw that. I mean, he played with his wrestlers, but he certainly didn't do it as much as Colton did. So, I don't know, man. You you're just going to have to you know, kind of wean him into it and it sounds it doesn't sound like you grabbed a hold of him and said, "What the f- are you doing, Jonas?" No, I mean, but I I got a little pissy about it because he cuz eventually both of them were like, "All right, it's we don't you know, when he started in with I don't want to sweat, that's when I that's when I really got pissy. Oh no. I don't want to sweat. We're four like, years old. Yeah, you're like four <laughs> you're four. Give me a fucking break. I got I went through this with your sister, but she's a girl. You're a boy. I won't accept it. Um four but, years old in Florida. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> but you know, let me let me say a couple of things to sort of you know, to to get to the end of this whole bit and we can start talking about the music. 
Um, he didn't come inside and play and watch TV or play video games. I think there's his sister. They, they both ate, they ate their dinner, and then after that, they played with his new Play-Doh that he got for his birthday. Hey, there you go. All right, good deal. And so they were being creative, and they were being artsy, and it's like... I think I, I tend to forget there's value in being artistic because there's they're not paying Brock Lesnar money for artsy <laughs> stuff <laughs> unless you're in the movies, which is hard to get into, you know, yeah. or you're, you know, even, you know, even now, like as a musician, you know, we're going to talk about Camelot tonight, but I don't know how much money these guys in Camelot are making. They're not making as much as they used to. You know, it's a not tough selling, industry. Yeah, they're not selling. C, you know, they can't sell CDs anymore. You know, now you're selling. You're selling listens on Spotify. Mm-hmm. You know, and concert tickets. So, um, I, I think, I, I think some of it is driven by I want them to be properly socialized and I want them to, you know, to have lived like you know, lived life till its fullest and don't you know, don't let opportunities pass you by. And it's like, okay, they're four and seven. Relax, but <laughs> but I think back about the, a lot of the opportunities that that I let slip by, and I wish there had been someone pushing me because that's the thing my parents didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, man, my I dad, my dad says all the time. He was like, "Well, I asked you if you wanted to go out and shoot hoops," and I'm like, "And did you say let's go out and shoot hoops?" Well, no, because you said no. I'm like, see, I you should have dragged me out Ooh, there. That's a that's a lesson. That's a lesson to be learned right there. I mean, right. Maybe I should be, you know, I I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, but you know, the other side of that is before I read him his story tonight and I was like, like, let's talk about what happened earlier. You know, you, you kind of quit on me. Could you, can you just tell me why he was like, oh, I was tired. And, you know, in, in his defense, like he hadn't napped today and it was, you know, like when we were doing this, it was like six, seven o'clock. So, so, you know, okay. So yeah, maybe he really was yeah. tired, but the other side of that, he goes, he was like, you know, I just like sports that I'm good at. And yeah, and I said, okay, well, well, what do, what do you like? And he's like, I like wrestling. Okay, okay. <laughs> so there's hope here. Ah, you know, I, I got <laughs> <laughs> my my problem is he's not old enough to get him into the sports. I think he's going to really like and really be good at. Mm. You know, he he's got a there, there's a karate class um, that he's got to be four to be in. You know, if we can get him on the right day, you know, and then he's really got to be like five or six before I can get him started in jujitsu. Jujitsu. And if yeah. there's and if there's like a kid wrestling program somewhere where I live, he's still got to be a little bit older. I, I can't get him started at like four. First of all, he's all fucking spaghetti at this point. He tried, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but I, I have noticed like he like he likes to jump off of things. It's like he is a physical and he is an active child. I just I'm trying to like get him focused. On, on a productive thing and you know my wife has to kind of remind me he was like he's four let him be let him be a child he'll find his way you you just have to you know be there to guide him don't press him That's uh, right. but it's hard man you know it's it's hard when like you go on Facebook and then you know and there's like oh look it's a three year old jujitsu prodigy you know <laughs> hey that two year old can play all of Master of Puppets on a fucking trombone like uh what, 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 is, what am I doing wrong? Right. What, what, where are all these genius prodigy, alter talented kids coming from? Why can't my, you know, meanwhile, mine's lucky if he doesn't land on his fucking head when he jumps off the table. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, I hear you, man. I'm glad you sympathize. All right. Camelot, I have to use the Pramalot, um, is a Tampa band. They just put out on April 6th The Shadow Theory. You know much about uh, Camelot? I have to use the Pramalot. 
<laughs> I I do not know much about Camelot at all, and that's that's kind of unfortunate because in the research that I did, I mean I understand these guys have been around a while, and I've mentioned it before in the past that I'm kind of a fan of uh, progressive metal. So for me not to have actually sat down and listened to an album or be able to identify these guys right off uh, right off the cuff as soon as I hear them, it's kind of unfortunate that I've, I've missed out on a whole lot because there's a lot there. Yeah, I first got into Camelot with the Black Halo. That's when I discovered them. The Black Halo came out... Uh, in 2005, but they had a whole slew of albums even before that, going back to 1995. Yeah. With uh, Eternity, and then Dominion, Siege, Perilous, The Fourth Legacy, Karma, Epica, and then, like I said, The, the Black Halo. Um, I checked out 2007's Ghost Opera, and then, you know, that's the thing, like, depending on what's happening and when, and, you know, and what my access to music is, I fall out of things, things get past me. Um, Spotify, between Spotify and Wikipedia and this podcast, I'm more on top of things now. But yeah, there's a couple of albums that I've missed in between Ghost Opera and The Shadow Theory. So this will be a fun one to get into. They're a really talented band. I'm excited to give this a spin tonight. Spin, spin, sugar. Uh, so here sure. we go. <laughs> That's a reference. Reference. <laughs> reference, brah. All right. Um, let's not start that again. <laughs> All right, so um, we're not going to play the two instrumental tracks, uh, The Mission and Ministrium Shadow Key. We're just going to skip those. We're going to start off here with uh, Phantom Divine Shadow Empire. Are you all right with that, sir? You you good with this? Let's rock and roll. All right, baby dolls, here we go. I'm a woman. 
Alrighty. That's a rip-roaring tune right there, Jesse Starcher. Oh, yeah. If you're new to this band, like I was, <clears throat> the first two tracks are going to give you a great uh, introduction as to what these guys are all about. I mean, the mission is this operatic orchestral opener, no vocals, I believe, just like we said it was an instrumental track. Uh, and it's, you know, you, you feel like you're sitting in a concert hall. And then Phantom Divine hits, and we've still got those orchestral elements, but we've definitely got a heavy as hell song. This was this was one of the videos we covered on the Metal Hammer of Doom Extra. Yeah, uh, I have not I have not had the chance to go check and see if we got any hate, uh, but uh, hate, no, this hate one comments. Got, this one got torpedoed. Oh, oh, that's right! It never showed up. They said it was blocked. I forgot all about that. Yeah. So this um, so this entire podcast is not going up on YouTube tonight. <laughs> I'm not even going to Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but yeah, this was, uh, you know, this was a neat song uh, for them to put to a video. Uh, the two videos we looked at from the past seemed like they were, I don't know, um, more in tune with like opera, a- antique elements. I can't remember that one, uh, Ghost Opera. That that one right there, and then we looked at this one, and this one like took Phantom Divine took place in the future. Neat story being told, but either way. Uh, I want to go ahead and real quick before we get to song three, I want to talk about the concept of this album because doing a little bit of research, I found out what the concept of this album actually is. It's pretty high concept. Uh, so say went on con- the has say concept ten more times. Concept, concept, <laughs> conception, <laughs> contraceptive. Uh, we have I went to hasitleak.com and Thomas Youngblood, Camelot founder and guitarist, states. The Shadow Theory album is a psychological journey through the complexity of the human mind. We are subjected to stimuli constantly through media, technology, social experiments, and AI. Can we still be social creatures in the near future? And then CrypticRock.com says, Beautifully dark portrayal of a society riddled by oppression and ignorance, whose savior is the population choosing to push positive energy amongst their world, while at the same time bringing about change. So, just... To, to our listeners out there who are, are going through this album along with us, that was their concept through each one of these songs. You want me to say concept again? Because I'll do it. Uh, I ain't scared. <laughs> I ain't scared of it. I ain't scared. Uh, I ain't scared of that. So, yes, uh, you know, Phantom Divine, good song. It's a great opener, man. I really enjoyed it. All right, let's move this uh, right along. This is uh, the first single, I believe, that they released. This is Raven... Light. Sorrow 
Alrighty, Raven Light. Yeah, those first two tracks are really, really strong and set the tone, I think, for the rest of the album. One of my favorite parts of this album, um, from a song construction point of view, is the drumming. Uh, they've got that rhythmic double bass going. It's really, you know, and it's just like like a machine, man. It's spot on. Um, I also I enjoy this guy's clean vocals. It's it's all very good stuff. Yeah, this particular song right here threw shades of Lacuna Coil at me. Uh, that's kind of what I felt. It, it, it has that it has that feel to it. Uh, but the the vocalist here, Tommy Karavec, I know he's a Swedish, so I'm sure I'm butchering that last name. But hey, he is from Sweden. I like meatballs. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, sir. Uh, Tommy's vocals shine throughout this whole album. I mean, it, this is uh, this band and this album do a great job showcasing what this guy has. Uh, and right there, in, in Raven Light, we had a perfect example of pretty much what you're going to hear throughout this whole album. Um, the drummer, I think, actually just de- departed the band, Mark Radlich. I, 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 I believe, uh, I think his name's Grillo? G- yeah, G-R-I-L-L-O. Uh, he just departed there shortly after this album's release. Uh, but uh, so there you go. But Raven Light, yeah, keeping the pace up. This was it was it was another good one and kept me interested. All right, oh, the beat don't stop, folks. Uh, the next one on the hit parade is Amnesiac. <laughs> You know, one of the things I, I have to say about this album, and that track was really emblematic of it, is this is almost like borderline industrial. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I, I hear you there. Like, I, I would say not the um, surgical meth machine, you know, the sound of uh, tractors <laughs> running over uh, squirrels, but... Um, <laughs> unlistenable but uh more of the like the god lives underwater um system machine gun more poppy kind of industrial you know the kind of thing you might find on the Mortal Kombat soundtrack you know what I mean 
Um, and and this one really really was focused on a lot of those sounds. You know, the synthesizer. It was a little less like iced earthy. You know, and a little bit more, uh, more a little bit more Utah Saintsy. Okay, okay, I pick up what you're putting down there. Track four, Amnesiac, is probably it's the first song where I kind of get annoyed. All right. <laughs> I, I mean, well, no, I'm not saying it's horrible, but Amnesiac. I mean, that gets repeated over and over. Just like you know, if you if if you want me to sing concept to you, I'll sing you a concept song. Uh, and I'll say concept 20 times. It, it, it'll get ingrained in your head when I sing it over and over. But it, it's a, it's still heavy. It's still, you know, it's not a horrible song, but it's it's the first song personally that started where I was like, okay, this guy's vocals are great, but I, I, it's almost like, you know, putting sugar on top of, you know, the, the frosted flakes, okay? They're already frosted, motherfucker. Don't put any more sugar on top of it. Uh, it there's only so much you can take and, and I'm not saying it's horrible it didn't take me completely out of the album it's just something where I was like okay well hey I, I dig it it just wasn't my favorite song off the album alright well let's talk about my favorite song off this album and that's our next one here I was out walking last night and this one came on and you know this is this one made the booty move ladies and gentlemen this one is Burns to Embrace Not to break the line To always look away Never ask why We sit beside the cradle We tell them to be brave And when the warning sounds It echoes to the grave
I wish I could have let that play because I feel like one of the reasons why this ended up being my favorite was it really starts to build towards something. But as we've said before on the show, uh, fair use. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think my favorite part uh, off of that song is at the end when the kids come in. Yeah, yeah. The the song I'm pretty certain is about you know the the next generation that's coming up and and I would assume how how we are treating the earth and and how we're not making it such a good world for them. I and mean, when you look at the lyrics, it, I, I think it speaks to that. I looked for just see if I could find anything else deeper on the song, but I, I agree with you, dude. This is a great song. Yeah, um, you know it it definitely it definitely starts slow, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. And, uh, and it builds up, and then, you know, that, you know, I played it till about the three-minute mark out of about five minutes and uh, 50, so almost six minutes. And so I played a little bit, like, like seconds more than half. Mm-hmm. And it's that second half, I think, that really starts to get rip-roaring. Um, yeah. You know, and the, the there's that chorus, not chorus-like uh, refrain, but, you know, a uh, there's like a... Yeah, you said like when the kids start joining in and it really just starts to crescendo. Uh, it's very powerful stuff. It is. It It is probably my second favorite off this album. So uh, it deserves its accolade, sir. Indeed. All right. Uh, this next one, I think, slows it down uh, a little bit, if I remember correctly. It does. It does. Yeah. This is this one. One might say this is the ballad of the bunch. Uh, this is in the Twilight Hours. Tell me, tell me, God, what is left here for me? I'm a ghost in the window. Oh, God, set me free. And in twilight hours, I await forgiveness that never comes.
unfortunately I can't play any more of that. We're at a little beyond the halfway mark there, but uh, I wanted to let it go a little bit long, a little bit longer to hear the uh, the female vocalist. Do you have any idea who she is? Yes. Uh, I just looked her up here. She is from she's lead vocalist of Beyond the Black. Uh Jennifer Haben. That's racist. Uh, Haben. <laughs> uh no, it's not No, I'm not going to make that joke. Um <laughs> So, yeah, she's uh she's younger than Coop. According to this, she's born July 16, 1995. Uh but yes, she's lead vocalist of Beyond the Black. She's a beautiful singer. Um, yes. Both both women that guessed it on this, the one from Once Human, Lauren Hart, who was mm-hmm. on, uh, I believe it was Phantom Divine, and then this broad, Jennifer Haven from Beyond the Black, that's racist. Um, <laughs> yeah, both of them have incredible voices. Uh, I will tell you that Lauren Hart makes another appearance, and uh, I'll, I will... Uh, I'll cue you up when that happens after we hear the song. I'll let you know when it happens. So, but yes, Jennifer Jennifer Haven guest vocal. This is a this is a beautiful song. It's very sad. I mean, if you listen to the lyrics, it sounds like it's somebody who's you know kind of lost their way. And I mean, it starts right out talk. You know, it's a man talking to God, uh, trying to figure his shit out. So, um, uh, figuring shit out is what life is all about. <laughs> and it rhymes too. <laughs> Indeed. All right. The beat goes on. Jesse starts here. The beat goes on. Isn't that right? But ump, but ump. That's right. All right. Here we go uh, with a little bit of the old Kevlar skin. Okay, Smokey. Uh, that was Kev Larvskin, and you know we got back to the heavy on that one again. The drumming is some of the standout musicianship in that one, um, with the synthesizer being the, the second 
most prominent instrument in the whole song. What did you think of that one? Kevlar Skin is a very interesting song. It's, it's yeah, just like you said, it's heavy, fast-paced. It's not stand out, in my opinion, compared to some of the other ones off of this album, but the the content of the song seems to be pretty deep. It's Kevlar Skin. I mean, it's kind of on the nose. It's a little on the nose, actually, because it's a song about a guy who's, you know, somebody who's got a tough, uh, dare I say, guarded ego, uh, but is actually thinking about, uh, you know, peeling back and, and letting people actually find out who he really is. Uh, so it's it's an interesting take on a song. It's decent. It's it's, it's okay. I had a guy t- tell me today that he was drafted in the 10th grade into all the different militaries. And <laughs> And, you believed every word of it. He uh, he showed you proof and everything. Yeah, um, and he told me that he the reason why he got arrested today for you know possession of a, a concealed firearm or whatever was because he's actually an F, an undercover FBI agent. Um, and he, and he, there was something going on with the Queen of England's throat being cut. Uh, oh my goodness! This did yeah. not make the news. I no, missed it. Yeah, I missed that part. This, this is what I deal with at work. Oh. You know, and it's so funny because it's just like we're so used to dealing with such wacky people that, um, you know, the girl, uh, my, my little work wife, she comes running over to me. And normally she's like, she's all straight faced about things. She's like, okay, this person, you know, attempted suicide here and is on meds there and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you need to go deal with it. I'm like, okay, fine. She comes running over to me. He's like, this guy's got the best stories. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I'm waiting for, you know, to hear, like, a wacky story. And it's, no, it's the Queen of England got her throat cut, and he's been drafted. and, and then, That's and, awesome. And, and then what's really funny story. about that, if she had to ask me, she was like, could he really have been dra- No, he couldn't have been drafted. There hasn't uh, been a draft since the 60s. Wow. Wow. Wow! Wow! You know, I mean, what do you do? You have to be professional about it, don't you? You can't be. You can't yeah, like feed into it and no. be like, oh, "Well, why don't you tell me about this?" And it's and 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 that's well. I mean, I have it to takes ask, all the fun out of it. I have to kind of ask about it because I have to. I have to sort of take the measure of his delusions. Um, yeah. You know how deep do the delusions go? Is this to the point where he? Oh, that I'm, dude. That shit started off like deep. So there's like, <laughs> I mean, you, you don't have to dig any further. You know, but no, I, I don't egg them on, though I would be the only person not egging them on. I mean, we've had situations where my favorite one was last week where where a master corporal, master corporal, OK, the, not only is she a corporal, but a master corporal okay, <laughs> told this girl that I was placing on a on a uh, psychiatric observation to not eyeball fuck her. Oh, wow. Don't you eyeball fuck me, girl. And I'm just like, what are you like, so do you feel like you want to hurt yourself? <laughs> or anyone else for that matter? Gee. Are you on any psychiatric meds, honey? Um, yeah. Meanwhile, you know, the law enforcement specialist whose uh, goal here is care, custody, and control. Don't you eyeball fuck me, girl. <laughs> Like and she's like an elderly white woman. My goodness! <laughs> like you ever see something fly out of somebody's mouth? It like those words don't belong coming out of your mouth. Well, how? Yeah. How did that happen? Uh, trust me, I've been there. My goodness! I think it was not too long ago. <laughs> I think it was last week. I mean, I was on the phone uh, 
dealing with the public. We'll just put it that way. Did you tell him about the eyeball fuck you? Guy calls me up. I didn't get a word in edgewise because I was just <laughs> like, okay, if I have if I have the opportunity to speak here, it's not going to be good. But I mean, it was just a litany, a litany of curse words as soon as I picked up the phone. And he uh, he was like, "You tell that motherfucking cunt." I mean, he was using bad language, sir. And I, I had no idea who he was talking about, no clue who he had talked to before. Nice. But apparently, this person had wronged him in such a way that his drunk ass had to call me at eleven o'clock in the morning and give me what for. Uh, to where, <laughs> I was, so I let him go for like five seconds, and then I just like, okay, sorry, buddy. Uh, and, and that deserved to hang up. You don't get that too often in the job that I work that I work in. People mm-hmm. do get upset, but it's very rare that you run into situations like that. And well, I have the luxury. The lu- I, I have the luxury, Mark Radlich, number one of sitting in a nice isolated place that you cannot get into unless you have a key card so i'm not sitting across from stinky mcgee who's done meth three times a day you know i'm not i i and i can oh no way hang on hang on you haven't smelled nothing until you (laughs) smelled the spice users okay do you know what spice is i've heard of it but i i don't know the specifics it's synthetic marijuana and i'm telling you like like I like I've dealt with heroin addicts. Those people bathe occasionally. I've dealt with meth addicts, and yeah, their teeth get all fucked up, and they and they and they get scabs all over their face. But occasionally they bathe, dude. Mm-hmm. So there's something about spice. It's just like, listen, we're not going to do any of the things to take care of ourselves anymore. Okay, <laughs> public does not matter. The public does not matter. Nobody smells like somebody using spice. Nobody. Oh, wow. Have you – I just learned this trick, and I, granted, I, I've never been in a situation or a job that you're in, but I, I've talked to p- plenty of people that have come from uh, from jobs or positions that are similar. And have you done the Vicks <laughs> trick? Have, and have and you, do they say, I was a man once? <laughs> have you done the Vicks trick? Have you, like, taken Vicks and, like, shoved it up your nose or anything like that in order not to smell the customer's? No, first of all, my sense of smell is not so sensitive that a lot of this stuff bothers me. But okay. some of these people smell so bad that it penetrates, you know, but then they, they go away. Actually, a really funny story about that. There was one guy that stunk so bad that people started getting sick around. around and the nurse practitioner that I work with didn't mean to spray him in the eyes, but Uh-oh. she meant to spray the area so that it was at least somewhat tolerable. And she fucking maced this guy with body spray. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever smelled something that made me want to puke. I mean, that's <laughs> I must have a strong sense of, uh, you know, a strong stomach as well. I don't know if I've ever and I've, I mean, I've got three kids. Trust mm-hmm. me, there's been accidents. Yeah, um, yeah. So so I think as you know, as fathers, maybe we, we are hardened to that a little bit. But man, I, I've you. seen some people that can't take it. They cannot let, take it. Let me tell you something. You haven't smelled nothing like stinky, like stinky spice vagina. Okay, I mean the dudes smell, but they don't have stinky vaginas. Oh man, <laughs> it's even worse. Oh, and I know, and I know that because my work wife tells me so. Because she has to go collect their stinky, god awful ah, urine. She has to nasty. get urine tests from them to do pregnancy tests because if they're pregnant, and they always are, um, we have to make sure they go to the infirmary so as not to, so that we don't harm the precious fetus. Yay, society. That is germinating inside of their crack-ridden, spice-ridden bodies. 
But I would imagine people call you up because you're fucking with their money, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, one hundred percent. So they don't get their they don't get that check. They're just like Jesse Starcher. What the fuck, dude? Yeah, well, who the fuck, man? What 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 happened? Well, your dumbass did this. Oh well, okay. How can I fix it? Or how can you fix it? Well, I ain't fixing shit. <laughs> I, I want to be I want to be a fly in the wall during a Jesse Starcher call where you're just like I'm fixing shit, motherfucker. Body count. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> Body counts in the house. Actually, what you should do tomorrow is you should go into work. You should act like you're going to help somebody and be like, swerve, brah. <laughs> $150 swerve, brah. Not this week. Not happening. Uh, all right. Speaking of swerve, brah, uh, our next song is called Static. <laughs> enough of uh that all right um i really like that one you know it's a little bit different from the kind of thing i would typically like but uh, i enjoyed his vo- i enjoyed the vocals on that one i enjoyed the p the piano um i thought it was powerful where it needed to be i'd say that static is probably the most accessible song off this album when it comes to like radio play because uh, this it, it almost kind of has like pop elements to it i would yeah. say yeah definitely uh, it, it's I could see this easily being played on the radio. It kind of flew under my radar when it comes to like standout stuff off of this album. So I mean, I had notes for just about every other song except for this one because it's kind of one of those things that's just there. It's not bad. It's not you know it's not uh, spectacular. It's it's good for what it is. <laughs> hey man, it ain't half bad. Yeah, but it ain't half good neither. <laughs> uh, now we're gonna get. What, 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 tell me the reference. 
Oh, that's uh, Pinky in the Brain. Okay, very good, very good. Yeah, that boy ain't, ain't half bad. Yeah, but he ain't half good, neither. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. It's good shit. All right. Let's move the let's move this along here. Uh, we don't have Robert Cooper to do an hour and a half story about his t- terrible love life. Uh, unfortunately, damn it! So, I wanted to hear. I wanted an update. Damn it! Yeah, no, he's working tonight. I was I was curious to see what kind of crazy date he was going to go on, but uh, alas, he is not with us, and we don't have the harumphy hump Ronnie Adams either. So we are just going to blast through this, man. Sometimes we just got to talk about the music. Shut up and dance, as they say. So let's shut up and dance with Mindfold Remedy. Remedy! about all uh i can play of that one um that one was kind of meh i mean it's it's by no means bad it's just kind of there and and you know that's the thing this album we might have been able to lose a track or two without really disturbing the integrity of the whole thing um i'm not saying it's too long i'm just saying i wouldn't have minded if maybe one or two of these songs got cut because uh, like i said this one this one doesn't stand out to me it's just kind of there oh my goodness well, sir, this is my favorite track off of this album. Of fucking course it is. <laughs> <laughs> as this I'm is, as I'm talking, I'm like, he's going to tell me this is his favorite fucking song. Watch. This is the, this is, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact of we've got the growling back in this. Uh, you know, there's the the growling vocals, the harsh vocals are not present in every song throughout this album, which is you know that's good. That kind of makes them stand out, in my opinion, amongst some of the other progressive metal bands that I've listened to. Uh, and this was the one that I sent you, and I said, I swear that the harsh vocals are Christian Alvestum from uh, Scar Symmetry. He used to be the old singer from Scar Symmetry, and now uh, he went off to do his own thing, and I wish I could remember off the top of my head what it was called. But regardless, I thought that's who it was. It really reminded me of of him, and that might be why it kind of sets it up there for me. But guess what, Mark Radlich? I was incorrect. The harsh vocals are none other than Lauren Hart making her return. 
<laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so um but yeah, I like this one. I mean it's it's fast paced, it's you know, it's got all the metal checks all the metal boxes in my opinion, especially we got harsh and clean, you know I dig that shit all day long. So Mindfall Remedy is my favorite and you're meh. Yeah. I mean might just be where like if I had heard it a little bit closer to Phantom Divine or Raven Light. You know, at the top of the album, I might have felt differently, but I think by the time I got to this part of the album, I was like, "All right, yep, this is Camelot. Yep, yep, I have, I, I most definitely have to use the Premalot. Um The fuck is a Premalot? I don't. What know. is a Pram? I, I don't know. I just know that, uh, uh, you know, you're gonna make me have to play it, and I don't want to. Do it because I haven't heard it. You may have shared it with me, but I didn't. I have not listened to it yet. No better way than to fucking hold me hostage and play it. All right, hang on. Let me uh, let me pull up the old YouTubeish. Uh, YouTubeish. By the way, what the fuck is a sneaker pimp? I spin, spin, sugar. Spin, spin, sugar. Oh, you looked that up? I, I looked up spin, spin, sugar. Nice. And that's what I. Came You're learning. Up sneaker. Pimps. You're learning that when I just say weird shit to go look it up and see what the hell I'm talking about. Dude, he's just a black hole of references that mean nothing. <laughs> uh, no true words have ever been spoken. I am dancing. <laughs> I dance to songs no one can hear. Um, all right, let me go ahead and toggle over here, and I'll go ahead and I'll uh, play Monty Python and the Holy Grill. Uh, this is Camelot. It's only a model. Look, my liege. Camelot, Camelot. It's only a model. Knights, I bid you welcome to your new home. Let us ride to Camelot. We're knights of the round table. We dance where we're able. We do routines to call the scenes to put work in bed cable. We dine well here in Camelot. We eat ham and jam and spam a lot. All right, now you've heard Camelot. <laughs> what? I, I want to thank Metro Lyrics for not helping me a damn bit as to figuring <laughs> out what the hell they were saying. <sighs> Let me see if I can find it. Uh, I'm, I'm very upset. He says something about, okay, he does say, I have to push the, the pram a lot. Okay, what is a pram? Now I have to figure what that is. What is a pram? Oh, goodness gracious. Camelot, Monty Python lyrics. Pram. Definition. A small, lightweight, nearly flat-bottom boat 
with a broad transom of usually squared off bow. So is there is there a boat in this? No. <laughs> it's it's oh, no. <laughs> All right, so here are the lyrics. We're knights of the round table. We dance whenever we're able. We do routines and chorus scenes with footwork impeccable. We dine well here in Camelot. We eat ham and jam and spam a lot. Okay. We're knights of the round table. Our shows are formidable, but many times we're given rhymes that are quite unsingable. We're, we're opera mad in Camelot. We sing from the diaphragm a lot. In war, we're tough and able. We're quite indefigable. Between our quests, we sequin vest and impersonate Clark Cable. <laughs> All right. It's a busy life in Camelot. I have to push the pram a lot. I have to. All right. <laughs> Uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, go forth with said knowledge. Bestow upon your Camelot fan friends what we just learnt you won. Yeah, well said. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? <laughs> oh, come on, say it right. Uh, oh, no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> uh, okay, faggot, What's next? <laughs> I leave that one to you, sir. <laughs> All right, this here's stories unheard. Welcome in. I will walk you through the unknown. Say a prayer if you wish. In my hand. All of the answers to your nightmares Just let go of your broken dreams Let the journey begin Like a leaf in the wind You'll be taken away to a world Of fish
wrong on that one because I was uh, not paying attention. All right, what do you think of Stories Unheard? It's okay. I mean, <clears throat> uh, it was there. This is one of those kind of semi ballads mm-hmm. uh, on the album. You know, it's 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 got its place. I'm sure if you dove into it lyrically, it probably probably mean a lot more than uh, than the credit that I'm giving it. But you know, I, I, at about this time, see, uh, it's season ten. We've gone through ten seasons of Camelot. <laughs> I, uh, I have to use the push the Premelot. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I'm winding down as this album winds down. Okay. Uh, so I want to need something to pick me back up. What's next? All right, let's push the Premelot. Uh, <laughs> this is Vaspertine, my Crimson Bride. I see. Uh, I see that you actually were listening to that on Spotify about two hours ago. Indeed, I was. I was going through and and making my notes, listening to the album, and reading reviews at the same time. I listened to this album probably about four times at work today, and in order to kind of get ready for the show. Uh, and you know, the Vespertine, my Crimson Bride. This is probably one of the. Uh, one of the songs that I really recognize the guitar work on, uh, guys. I think one, Thomas Youngblood, the guy I mentioned there earlier, he was one of the founders of this band, uh, a tremendous guitarist. Uh, there's a couple of parts throughout this song where it, they, they let him set forth and just blaze them strings. And he does a great job. So I, you know, it, this is just enough to kind of pick me back up from the ballad we just heard the semi-ballad we just heard and we're kind of getting towards the closing of this album because really song 12 is the last song proper when it comes to vocals and and uh and instruments um because 13 i think is our our instrumental outro uh but uh but yeah i mean it's it's a good song vespertine my crimson bride's all right all right let's tie this puppy up last song of the night this is the proud and the broken
Alrighty, let's go ahead and give uh, let's go ahead and give uh, some final thoughts here on Camelot, the Shadow Theory. Um, you know, I Jesse there. I'm here, sir. Okay, just checking. Um, <laughs> I have not fallen asleep on a podcast ter- yet. Terrific, <laughs> going strong. <laughs> um, you know, it's fine. I. Uh, I would say, I mean, look, there's nothing wrong with the album. I, you know, I'll give it a solid A. Uh, it's a fun listen, very upbeat in a lot of areas. There's some variation to it, so it's not same Z. Um, you know, the the the, the vocals are, are great. You know, the, the just an overall solid outing. Um, how memorable it's going to be, I think that's where it falls off for me. I don't know how many times I'm going to go back and replay this. It's kind of like, okay, I've I've listened to the new Camelot. Next, yeah, yeah. I will tell you that, in reading a lot of the reviews, there were many comparisons to the few albums that came before this. So now I'm not an, I haven't listened to anything that came before this, but it seemed like the the big uh, the the big message there was that this doesn't strike as big as a chord as the previous albums did so even though this is a good album this is not something where it feels like they are making steps forward I, I would say it's it's a Camelot album there you get what you expected uh, so that was from what I read now for my final thoughts on the album I do enjoy myself some progressive metal. Uh, I'm not afraid to give a new album a listen if it falls into that genre because I sometimes I kind of feel safe with it. I kind of know what I'm getting. Uh, I'm sure there's other bands out there that push the boundaries, uh, but from what I've gathered in my research, Camelot is a pretty valid representation of the progressive metal genre. I'm very sorry that I have not heard of this band before, especially with The Shadow Theory being, being their 12th album. Uh, but this is a good album. It's not spectacular, but there are definitely some standout tracks that would easily make a 2018 playlist, in my opinion. Now, with that being said, uh, Camelot Shadow Theory, the Shadow Theory ranks in at number seven out of the 14 albums that we've had the chance to review for 2018. Uh, so if anybody came to me and said, hey, should I check out the new Camelot? I would absolutely say yes. There's probably something on there you would like if you've liked this band in the past. So there you go, Mark Radlich. You ready to get out of here, man? Absolutely. Next week on the Metal Hammer of Doom, uh, Jesse likes pretty ladies in metal. <whistles> exactly. Hubba hubba. 
So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna check out a band called Visions of Atlantis, uh, which I think you're really gonna enjoy. This band, I actually uh, I know of I I know of them just uh, just listening to a metal for as long as I have. I, I've heard of them. I've never actually sat and I think listened to one of their actual albums. So this will be a first for me. Like I said, I'm aware that they exist. I know what kind of music they are. But uh, they have an album called The Deep in the Dock. So uh, we'll go ahead and listen to that. And uh, along with that, we'll have a source material, Monsters Unleashed, the big crossover event from Marvel, Marvel Comics. Uh, We're going to damn you, Hollywood, for the (laughs) currently rotten Rampage. And uh, that's going to be it for next week. Go ahead. Damn you, damn you, and your New York accent. I thought it was an actual doc, as in D O C K. No. I was like, is this like? <laughs> 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 I can see somebody out sitting on the dock by the bay. Uh, and, sitting uh... on the dock of the bay, <laughs> watching the tide. Right, um, go in the archives, check out our Ringside Volume One, Catafabe, and then uh, we had a raucous, fucking raucous caucus. <laughs> Man, was it ever! <laughs> Oh my goodness! You if you want to hear four neckbeards arguing over the uh, over the <laughs> the validity of the Undertaker, check out our podcast where we cover WrestleMania 34 in earnest. My goodness, <laughs> the Undersquasher. That I mean, look, I know we cover a lot of nerd topics here on the Rattle and Broadcasting Network, but that was the most neckbeardy conversation I've been all year. <laughs> Ronnie was throwing things. I know uh, he was. Oh my god! He had god. to have been. My favorite. My favorite was like Pat. Like the under, everything the Undertaker ever did sucked, and Ronnie turning to Pat and going, "Who hurt you?" <laughs> That's my favorite part of the podcast. Oh, wonderful. all right. So go ahead and check that out. Um, go ahead, Jesse. All right, ladies and gentlemen, go give the Rattlech in Broadcasting Network Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts that we have to offer. There's plenty of stuff out there. I do a source material podcast. That's the name of it. Uh, it's a comic book podcast. It's basically a book club about comics where some guys come together and girls every once in a while join us, and we discuss a comic book story. We're at over 150 episodes. There's certain to be something in there that you may enjoy. Uh, so if you would like to check that out, you could do so. Like I said, go onto the Facebook page. You could probably find, you'd have to dig a little deep, but you can find some stuff there or go to our home on Spreaker and just type in Rattlich and you can subscribe to the podcast and get all that stuff instantly and to whatever platform to listen to podcasts that you use. Uh, so other than that, Mark Rattlich, it was fun talking these guys tonight and i forgot the name of the band already because i have my spotify up and i'm confused i'm adhd uh the name (laughs) of the band is clearly camelot because how could i forget that i have to push the pramelot now Uh, you're catching on mister (laughs) you i see it now you remember (laughs) things by making goofy references with them movie references even movie references even (laughs) thank you snagglepuss <laughs> uh, look forward to that on the Source Material podcast. Sometimes yes, I look forward to making Ronnie cry during that. Um, I hear that they use the F word in that in that uh, comic book, by the way. And I'm not. I'm talking about the one that Mel Brooks uses. Oh, really? Yes, sir. Get oh. ready, Mark Russell, bringing a heat. I was going to say because I thought you were saying like they use the uh, they use the word fucking. I'm kind of hoping it's Snagglepuss, you know, <laughs> and 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 the dog. I'm or whatever. Very <laughs> 
Huckleberry yeah. Hound, sir. Uh, just just banging away on that ass. <laughs> That's going to be a fun On the steps of the White House. Ronnie Adams, I don't know. There's going to be something that will probably be burnt in in some cleansing ritual after he reads that. It's going to be a bad day for Ronnie Adams. I'm looking forward to it. Just wipe my <laughs> Let's yawning. get out of here. Yep. All right. Here we go, folks. Uh, thank you for joining us here in the Metal Hammer of Doom. For Jesse Starcher, the disapproving Dan, the host of Star in his own right. I am your mandated reporter, Mr. Mark Rattle, directly unmortified. Be well, be safe, and fuck. And behave. <laughs> Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.